1: Hey, Nicole.
0: Hey, Janine.
1: How's your week been?
0: My week was good until this intense conversation we just had before this podcast started. But no, no, real talk. Real talk. The week was busy. You guys know I'm transitioning into this new role. I guess not transitioning into it. I'm in the new role. Still feeling the sense of transition um, as leader of this division. So I have growing pains. I'm trying to make sure I'm working out protocols that are effective for my office. So that is a little bit time consuming in addition to my other national leadership roles. So things are are going, I can say slowly, but surely the way that I want them to go. So that's great. I had an amazing weekend. I got to see some friends and family and some sorors, caught up with them during chapter meeting. And then Um, Got to hang out a little bit with a couple of friends, new and old. So it was a good week. Can't
1: complain. That's awesome. I feel like I have not heard you say that you've had a great week or a good week in a long time. So I'm happy to hear that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is a good week. This is a new focus of happiness. It's like, get rid of the badness uh, and focus on the happiness. So that's what I'm doing going forward. So last time, Janine, we talked a lot about my week. So what's been going on with your week, my dear?
1: Girl, I've been moving and shaking. I don't know. Like, I feel like, what have I done? I went to, oh, that sounds really depressing, but I did go to a funeral. So unfortunately- my best friend, both her grandmother and her aunt passed away within days of one another, so we since we recorded last, we laid them both to rest. so that's the the not so happy part. um but like I've had some really great conversations with people and like doing some like working on some really amazing projects. yeah, I mean, it life has been fun. It's been very much centered around work but it's been fun i'm i'm here for it the other side of that um in my personal life i'm still on the hunt for a home and i really would like to like i really here's here's what i've realized that my issue is right i am very very i'm not gonna add another one picky and Yeah, like I just feel like that there's just going to be that home that is just going to like knock my socks off. But as with most things here in the United States of America, everything just seems pretty cookie cutter and I get bored easy. So, like, I want something that's like a little like eclectic, but still like modern. And I don't know, I have a lot of requirements, so I'm going to try to pare those requirements down and. Buckle down and get something because like, you know, you know, when you get a pre-approval letter, you have like a timeline. So I need to like get on it. I'm running against the clock right now. So I'm going to get on it. I promise I am. Just haven't yet. But on a side note, one of my friends, Vanessa, she turned 40 and we all went out to celebrate her 40th birthday. So that was fun. I did a lot. Like, it was just a lot of like a hodgepodge of stuff that was going on. But like, life is good. I have no complaints. I still love Jesus, you know, the, the more important stuff.
0: Well, one thing I can say about that, Janine, is you may not find the house that fits every single need, right? Like, it doesn't check all the boxes. But if it checks the majority of the boxes, you should get the house. And then you can always update the house or renovate the house to be exactly what you want. So that is still an option, okay? Because that 60-day window you have to make an offer based on your uh, letter of uh, approval, tick-tock, okay? Tick-tock. So you going to have to crack down and find a house. You know, I can fly down
1: there and help you look. I love looking at houses. I mean, feel free because... And honestly, Nicole, you're absolutely right. Like what happens is, is that I see like a piece in one house that I really, really like. And then I see a piece in another house that I really, really like. So I have this newfound obsession with a covered enclosed outdoor space, right? So all of the houses that I've been looking at are townhouses because I don't want a yard because I don't want the yard work to go along with it. So all of them are townhouses, right? So like most townhouses have like a deck, right? But I found these amazing homes and there are two builders that make these this particular style of home. One builder is, I'm not even gonna say because they're not paying me. Why am I promoting them? Unless they give me a free house, I'm not about to tell y'all what, what I'm talking about, but they create these like enclosed kind of, deck areas. Right. So it feels as though you can just like, you know, be in your own little space, even if the weather is not what we prefer to be. And, you know, up here, the weather can be crazy. Like a week ago, it was nice and warm and now it's like chilly again. So, you know what I mean? And I've become obsessed with this. Right. And then I've also become obsessed with this idea of having a loft space, which is not very common specifically in townhomes. Right. So it's so I haven't been able to find one that has that, the two car garage, a little teeny bit of yard so that I can feel like I'm not living in a concrete jungle. You know, those kinds of things. I'm asking for a lot. I know. But I also know that, you know, maybe the Lord will just drop one out of the sky for me. I don't know. And then I thought new build, but then it takes too long. And then it's just a lot. I just have to make up my mind. And honestly, it's just becoming frustrating. And I decided, at a point that I just needed to stop looking because, you know, sometimes when you just keep looking and looking for something, you just it's there's nothing that's going to satisfy you. And it started driving a wedge between Ken and I. So I was like, this is dumb because I ain't homeless. So not going to do this. Let's take a pause. And honestly, I think the pause has done good. I think I might come off the pause now, but I'm going to just have to make a decision. I think I'm just going to have to pick out like five places and just like, maybe I'll put it up for a poll or something. I don't know. I don't know, but we'll figure it out. But I got to make a decision quick.
0: Yeah, girl, you got to make a decision. But you know what? Getting, if you don't don't mind living a little further out, but on that side, she's shaking her head no, but you can always buy land and just
1: build Mm -hmm. and commute. Two things. The building land is actually closer than I am, right? So- I'm not opposed to building. I'm just impatient. That's really the problem.
0: Well, send me all your house options so I can look at them and approve.
1: That'd be fun. I will do that.
0: All right. So how have our listeners been doing? I hope you guys have had an amazing week this week and that you caught up on all of our podcast episodes.
1: And of course, you shared us with your friends, right? Yeah. We've been putting this work. So we hope that you're sharing this good work we're putting in.
0: All right. We shouldn't even have to tell you guys to like, rate, and
1: subscribe, but we're going to do it as well. Go ahead and like, rate, subscribe, and share with your friends. And leave us a comment, you know, type a couple sentences or something and tell everybody how great we are so we don't have to do it ourselves.
0: All right, Jenny. So what's
1: on our timeline this week? Okay, Nicole. So this week we're talking about Two very simple things that we love slash like. And I'm saying like because we don't love money. So it's marriage and money. Seems a bit random, but it showed up on our timeline in two similar ways with very different perspectives. So we're gonna get into this debate. Now, Nicole, normally we don't debate on this podcast. We just kind of agree to disagree. But this one, I think... Even if you and I don't debate, I think it's gonna spark a debate. Now, here it goes. So, comedian, yes, that's the right word, comedian Corey Holcomb, who we know from movies like Like Mike, Think Like a Man 2, and he was on some TV shows like Half and Half, Wild and Out, and had a few comedy specials. Well, Corey Holcomb has an internet show. It's called The Corey Holcomb 5150 Show. And on this particular show, He decided to share his thoughts on marriage. Now, personally, I think he could have kept these thoughts to himself. But y'all, everyone has an opinion. And sometimes we talk about it. Here's his. So he said marriage is an outdated concept. He said that if you marry a woman, you are setting yourself up to be destroyed. He said this is especially the case if You are a productive man. Now, what he means by productive, I'm not quite sure. But he said productive. So we're going to assume he means successful, right? He said there is no way you should get married in these days. That's an old concept and you should let it go. But he also said that if you find a girl and you have to claim her, you need to go through the process of getting yourself a contract to protect yourself Because if you don't, you will marry a woman who doesn't come from anything and doesn't have anything. And she, which he says most women don't come from anything and don't have anything. And by anything, he means money. Then everything you've ever worked for will be in jeopardy. He says it's dumb to get married. He said most women are going to rob you and take you for everything that you have. Now, he doesn't just put this on the men. He says that some women have been out here taken as well, but he really is focusing on the man. And he goes back to the man and he said, men specifically, if they don't get a contract, they are setting themselves up to be destroyed. Now by contract, I'm assuming that he means some sort of prenuptial agreement or whatever it is that he means. I mean, I don't know what these things aren't these days, but I also do know that there are such things as postnuptial agreements. And I also know that, like he said, made reference to very minimally, that there are women who are out here being taken too. So I don't know what he's going through, but that's his opinion. Now on the flip side, there's another gentleman named Vic Tipness. And Vic too has a show, a podcast as a matter of fact, on which he shared his thoughts about marriage. Now, for those who don't know who Vic Tipness is, But he's quite interesting. So five times he's been in Inc. 5,000 entrepreneurs, like top 5,000, right? So he's been that five times. And he's most known, now he's had several entrepreneurial ventures, but he's most known for being the founder and CEO of Blackstone Medical. Now, if you don't know what Blackstone Medical is, because I didn't know either, it's a company that provides at-home sleep testing so that, you know, for the people who need to have sleep apnea testing, they can do it in the comfort of their own home. Pretty interesting, pretty unique concept, right? And just FYI, because I looked this up just for my own personal knowledge, he's worth about $5 million. So Vic says when he got married, his business grew 278% over three years. He said, if you look at some of the most successful people in the world, they've got one girl. He said they've got a solid girl. He said the reason is because it creates a stable place for you to operate. He said that he knows he has someone to create a stable home and a stable life for him and his children. And he doesn't have to go home to someone arguing with him. He doesn't have to go home to someone calling him and texting him, trying to find out when he's going to come home and tell him that he's not doing enough and la, da, la da, right? He says, and if you're being honest, trying to juggle three chicks, he said, it's a lot of work. It's a whole nother full-time job. He said, when you have one person there to help and support you, you can focus on the bigger tasks. And he said, that. Right there, that like ability to focus on the larger task and having a support system that is priceless. He said that you cannot put a price on having a stable, supportive, significant other. He said choosing the right person is crucial. Now, Nicole, these are two very different perspectives on the same concept. Money and marriage. But honestly, I think that Vic probably had it most accurate. He said, the crucial part is choosing the right person. I think that that's really what it comes down to. What do you think the goal?
0: You know, honestly, I don't think their perspectives are that much different. Like I watched Corey Holcomb's uh, perspective and then I watched Vic's perception. And one, I was exposed to Corey Holcomb probably way younger than I should have been. And he's always been very inappropriate. But let me say, he is like one of my favorite comedians because he's hilarious. And he tells you the absolute truth, although it may hurt. And this may be one of those ouch moments where people are like, how dare him, right? But he's saying the word most. He didn't say all. He didn't say that you should never. He said most, right? He's saying that, Men should not marry most women who don't have their own money and make their own stuff, okay? And if you do marry that kind of woman, then you should get a contract on that heifer, is what he said, okay? Now, on the contrary, Vic says, hey, I married one woman who was solid. She was smart. She was financially solid. She could hold stuff down while I'm grinding over here, building this you know, business, these side businesses that are now our primary businesses, but I would not have been able to do that unless I had somebody solid. Now we got to figure out what's solid mean, right? Is it a homemaker that's not working and doesn't know how to balance a checkbook, but she's watching the kids real good and cooking? No, that is not solid, okay? That is a homemaker. That is not solid. Solid means realistically, I can hold all this down by myself While you are traveling the world, while you are setting up meetings, while you don't make a dime for six months, I can hold it down because I am solid by myself. Okay. So if you look at what he says, you need to choose this person that's equivalent To the opposite of the woman that Corey Holcomb told you not to choose. So for me, they're on the same page. Corey Holcomb didn't say, oh, no, no, don't marry a solid chick that has her own money and is able to hold things down. He didn't say that. He said, these scallywags that are on the corner trying to get their hair and their nails done and asking you for money. These chicks over here that want you to pay their rent. Who's going to wonder who you're talking to on the phone when you're with them and wonder when you're coming by and why you're running late. Don't marry them is what he's saying. And I completely agree with it. On the contrary, ladies, I don't think you should marry a man like that either. If he's wondering when you coming home, what you're doing, who you on the phone with, he's getting in the middle of conversations, cutting you off, talking loud in the background because he's trying to figure out who you're on the phone with, messing up the business. That's not who you want to marry either. So I think they're saying the same thing. Corey Holcomb just gave you an example of who not to marry, whereas Vic is giving you an example of
1: who to marry. Okay, so let me say this. The one part that we didn't actually share is that the people that Vic had in the background of his video when he was talking about successful men were people like Bill Gates. And I believe that Mark Zuckerberg was in that. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that Magic Johnson was there, right? Let's be very clear. All of these people that he gave examples of, they all have very, very successful wives. Melinda Gates, successful in her own right. Mark Zuckerberg's wife, don't know what her name, also successful in her own right. And Cookie Johnson, look, she is successful in her own right. And I understand where you're coming from, Nicole, that 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 they're basically saying the same thing. But Corey Holcomb, I think the problem that I have with this is that he blanketly says that marriage is an outdated concept. It's not an outdated concept because guess what? As long as our society has benefits for married people, people are going to continue to get married. And as long as marriage is still a unification under God, people are going to continue to get married as they should. Marriage is a beautiful concept. As outdated as some people may think it is, it's something to be said about the fact that you know that at the end of the day, you may have plucked my everlasting nerve But I still woke up and made the decision to be with you this morning. Now, you might have to tell me that I'm pretty a couple more times because, like, you might just be hanging on by a thread. But at the same time, I still decided to wake up and be with you this morning. I didn't decide to wake up and be with Joe Schmo over there. I decided to wake up and be with you this morning. And again, there's something to be said about growing old with someone. But as long as we live in this here United States of this America... In our lifetime, Nicole, marriage ain't going to be outdated. So that's where I disagree with Corey. But back to Vic, it is important that you select the right person because like even if they are super successful, right? Like even if your significant other is super successful, if y'all are not on the same page, you can squander through success and money very, very quickly. How many times have we seen successful couples that end up flat, broken, divorced? I mean, run yourself through the housewife series. I mean, let, I mean, really. Like, it's what happens. So it's not just important to focus on the money portion. Like, focusing on having a successful marriage and finding the right partner. And then all of the money portion should come along with it. That's just my opinion.
0: I get that. I mean, just because somebody's successful doesn't mean that they're compatible with a certain person that's successful. That's not at all what I think that either one of them would be saying to choose somebody just based off of how much success they have. People all the time say, oh, I'm surprised you didn't marry another doctor. Why? I don't want to marry another doctor because the, the men that I know that are doctors are super cocky. They think that people should worship the floor they walk on and that's just not going to work for me. Okay, That type of personality, which I've seen a lot with black doctors, not all of them, but a lot, does not necessarily work with another with another doctor, okay? So you have to know what works for you and who you click with. And if you click with that person and they're successful and you're aligned in all those areas, I think that it could be a good union. Now, let me go back to uh, what uh, you said about marriage being outdated concept. I think that he meant by traditional marriage being outdated concept. Because, you know, back in the day, it used to be, you know, you got a dowry for marrying this girl, And so it really was an arranged financial transaction. And you want to make sure you had a good enough dowry to impress upon this man to marry your daughter. And that's your starter to take care of your daughter and to then go forth and build your financial empire. Hey, she's coming with bringing stuff, something to the table. And then you have to work hard to match and surpass what she's brought to the table because your your job now is to make sure that the house is taken care of financially. And her job is to make sure that within the household, the kids are taken care of and the house is clean. And you know, you're getting sex down when you need it. That's her job. Okay. It wasn't to work, although some women did still work outside of the home. That concept is very outdated. One marriage and one union under God, as much as we are believers, everybody that believes in the Christian concept of marriage does not necessarily believe in in Christianity. Okay. So just because it's a sacrament for us, and just because it may be a sacrament for other religions, not everybody who gets married is religious. So in that concept, it is outdated because now we have new age marriage where people are getting married, not under the union of any God but just setting guidelines like a contract. Okay, so that is outdated. There's no dowry. These women don't even pay for their own marriages anymore. These families are paying for nothing. People are paying for their own marriages. I mean, that traditional marriage is very, very much so outdated. So there's no benefit anymore at least not in a transactional way of getting married like there was in the past. It used to be financially advantageous to get married. Now, you know you have to really love that person to get married because it is going to be somewhat of a financial hit to you. You're gonna to have to at least pay for a wedding. Your family is not buying any rings. Your family is not paying for any ceremonies. The groom is paying for the wedding rings. You're paying for or helping to pay for your own wedding. It is effectively outdated and such. So you do have to marry somebody that you really love to take that initial financial hit and somebody that you're aligned with so that you can then compensate for that financial hit and rebuild what you had and surpass it.
1: Oh, child, you just preached to us. But yes, no, I agree.
0: All right. So, Johnnino, are you ready to talk through some of these letters from our listeners? Let's do it. All right. This was a long one. It's from Jerry. And he says... Nicole and Janine. I'm in love with this chick, but she has some money issues. When I first met her, she was dressed nicely. She had a decent car. She was driving a Honda Accord and she was a college junior majoring in mass communication. So I thought at first, hey, she got her stuff together. She's smart. She's educated. Things are looking up. So they started dating And at first, it was amazing. He said, I'm a real estate entrepreneur, so I set my own schedule. And whenever we were both free, we would hang out, go shopping, grab a bite to eat, and just enjoy each other's company. After about six months of dating, she mentioned that her financial aid was delayed and she needed help paying her fall tuition for her senior year. It was about $10,000, so I was happy to help out to make sure her senior year went smoothly. Then I noticed a trend. She started asking me for money more frequently. At first, it was her hair and nails, which I didn't mind paying for at all. Then it was her car note, rent, and random girl trips. I would usually tell her yes, but this last time, I realized she was taking a trip at the beginning of what would be her last semester. That seems somewhat strange to me. Why would someone take a week-long trip at the end of January? When I asked her about it, she said she planned to sit this semester out to, quote, find herself, end quote. What? I thought, who does that four months prior to graduation? But I tried not to make what seemed like an already stressful situation even more stressful. The next month, she basically gradually moved all of her stuff into my place without asking. After two weeks with her being at my place, I asked when she was going to check in on her place, and I also asked about her dog. She then admitted she had sold the dog and was late on her rent and got evicted. I was in shock since I had helped her. Since she moved in, my expenses have more than doubled keeping up with her lifestyle of travel and shopping. I've discussed a budget, but she said she shouldn't have to budget. I brought up working or internships in her field while she's taking time off school, but she said she didn't know of any that were open. She didn't even look for any of that I know of. Now I realize I'm dating a freeloader who is a college dropout with no intentions of going back. How can I get her out of my house without literally
1: kicking her out on the streets? Jerry. Jerry, I have two words for you. Three. Call her mama. Call her mama and tell her mama to come pick her up. Or call her daddy and tell her daddy to come pick her up. Call whoever was responsible for this girl. And yes, I'm going to call her a girl because clearly... She does not act like a woman call. Whoever was responsible for this girl before you became responsible for this girl unknowingly and tell them to come get her. Like how dare you move your, I don't care how important you are to me. How dare you move yourself into my place without telling me after I've been helping you, where did the money go that I was giving you for rent? How did you get evicted girl? How dare you go on a trip when I'm paying your bills and now my bills have doubled and I'm trying to keep up with your lifestyle. Jerry, why are you trying to keep up with her lifestyle? Is it that good, Jerry?
0: There's a lot of pieces to chew here before you digest it. So a couple things. She seems like she's a junior. I don't know if she's like a five year repeat junior or what, but I'm thinking my junior year I was what? 20, 21. Okay. Baby. You're a baby. Now you're a real estate entrepreneur. Okay. That means to me, you own some buildings. All right. At least a couple rental houses. right? You own some property. Okay. So for me, you're not 2021. 20, could you be? Yeah, you could be. Your parents could have set you up with a really good portfolio and you could really be a real estate investor and entrepreneur. But on average, I assume that you are a little bit older. And so you thought, you had you a catch. You thought you had you some arm candy because you went and got this young honey that's in college and you thought, okay, well, she's in college, so she's going to be about something. So at least I'll give me an educated one that I can frolic or into the sunset with. But everybody that starts college does not finish, okay? We all know people that have started college and not finished, okay? And people that start college and don't finish, what do they end up with? More debt than people that didn't go to college at all. Okay. So they not only can they not get a job, they got debt and can't get a job. Okay. So they're worse off financially than people that had no education at all. Okay. So I get that you want to pay her tuition to make sure she can get through her senior year because this is an investment and you plan to be with this girl. So you want to make sure she at least can get a job after she finishes to pay back her own debt. But you messed up, Jerry, because you should have got somebody that already got a degree Met somebody a little, I'm not saying she has to be your age, but a little bit more mature that could communicate what her flaws were and who could actually budget with her own money what I happened to tap into and siphon off your budget. But you didn't do that. You chose the girl that was cute and young because you thought that you deserved that because you are, you've arrived because you're this big time entrepreneur. So now you're paying the cost to be the boss, right? I would say right now you're at that you're at the 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 fork in the road where you're like man do I go all in or do I not financially you know what you got to do she's too expensive so you need to return to cinder right
1: so that you can financially be okay again okay I'm going to move on so my letter says hi ladies my wife listens to you all what feels like all the time. So I figured I'd write in. One, because I need help, and two, because I secretly hope that my wife hears this and starts the dialogue so I don't have to. So here's the deal I've been married for 12 years. A few years ago, my wife became the breadwinner. She makes more than twice as much as I've ever made in my entire life. I'm super proud of her, and I would like to think that my support helped her get to where she is. But I often feel less than valuable because of the way that society views men who make less. She never throws money in my face and she's appreciative of my other contributions. But recently she expressed her frustration with carrying the household financially. I'm trying my best to understand her, but I can't help but feel less than valuable and a bit confused. One day she's grateful for my contributions and the next she's frustrated with our situation. I don't make a lot of money. I only make about 70,000 a year. I'm in the process of completing my degree, which should be complete by this summer. I'm very frugal. I don't spend hardly a dime of money on myself and I never ask her for anything. I love her to death and don't want money to be the reason we divorce. But I also feel stuck. My job offers me flexibility, which allows me to step in and take care of the kids when she's busy. I could look for a higher paying job, but if we lose my flexibility, that creates a whole other set of issues. Maybe she's lashing out in frustration, which is both understandable and forgivable. Or is it that deep down, She doesn't like that I don't make as much as she does. All I know is the message that black men need to make a lot of money and pay for everything is exhausting. Maybe that's not what she's implying, but I can't help but think that maybe I'm just in my feelings and need to tighten things up a bit. I love my wife, but I don't know what to do. Any input would be appreciated. Signed, Eric.
0: Okay, Eric. I think you should go back to the direct approach being the best approach. And if you feel like, hey, you're making $70,000 a year, your wife makes over twice the amount. So let's say she's making 150000 a year. She's carrying the household finances and you feel some kind of way about that. You know, she's carrying the household financially, but you're also carrying the household in certain ways. So I think that if she made a comment about how exhausted she is, that she feels obligated to pay all the bills, I think you should address that. I th- think you should over some, you know, long back rub, okay? Because I'm very keen on delivery, okay? Delivery is key because men have egos, but women do too. So I think that it should be at a time and I don't, pro- don't prolong it, create the atmosphere, okay? Don't say you're waiting for it, create it. You can create it tonight, rubber back and say, hey, listen, babe, I know you've been working really hard. I appreciate you. But you made a comment the other day that made me feel like I was inadequate. Let's talk about what I contribute to the household. Is it that you want me to make more money to contribute more? And if she says, yes, I do say, okay, I'm willing to go and find another job that'll make more money. But I want to point out that we now need to hire a nanny that can take care of the kids when I'm not around, unless you decide you want to scale back. And I would, don't be accusatory, just literally bring it out. A nanny is going to run you somewhere between 40, 50, $60,000 a year. Okay. That's the salary almost that he's making now. So then you really, he needs to make a job, have a job that's getting paid at least $130,000, $150,000 for it to make sense for him to get another job. Okay. So I would, you know, you got to be. Very objective when it comes to money in your household, because men will think they need to make more money. When realistically, it hits the family more. You're going to be in a higher tax bracket. You're going to be paying more for childcare, and you need to make significantly more than what you make to to allow it to mean something. Plus, your kids are going to be helped raised by somebody that's not the parents or the immediate family. Okay. So, those are things that you have to put into perspective of your wife. Now, being someone who was married and made significantly more money than my spouse, I can I can say that a lot of times this may just be the male ego. You know, if, when women are really financially secure and and making sure they're taking care of the bills, they really don't care how much you make. I mean, I'm being we like the fact that you're making money. 70,000 is not chump change. That's a nice amount of money. I mean, That's way over the average household income in Georgia and in Louisiana, which is where I'm from, and in Texas. So I don't know what, where you are. So depending on where you are, that could be decent money. Now, if you're living in Boston or, you know, DC or somewhere like that, okay, that may be average. Okay, but for the South, that's good money. So I don't want to diminish how much you're making because in, in the South, that's very good money. And so if she's financially able to carry the household realistically it doesn't matter everything you bring to the table is extra okay and if you're contributing to raising the kids and offsetting some of this other busy work she would have like making sure that y'all are working together to meal prep and make sure the kids have stuff to eat making sure the house is clean even if that that means hiring a maid so you don't have to do it and she doesn't have to do it all of those things do count but if you felt belittled because she was overwhelmed one day and said oh I'm tired of these bills. Then you need to bring that to our attention. But nine times out of ten, speaking from a woman that did make more income, most of the time when we talk about how frustrated we are with bills, it's not that we are frustrated that we can't pay the bills. That we, uh, you know, wish you would contribute to the bills. It's just the fact that there's bills. Okay, <laughs> like it doesn't matter whose money it is. It's bills, and bills are overwhelming because they come. Every single month, okay? Uh, It doesn't matter whose money it is. It's stressful to have to budget any type of bills. But if you felt that way and you do think that this was sort of a punch at you to get a better job, then have a, you know, be a man about this and be willing to man up and get another job if you need to. But say,
1: hey, listen, I want to talk about the whole household and what that's going to look like. Nicole, I agree with you 99.9%. The one thing that I, don't agree with is this and i don't even know that it's a disagreement i really think that it's more of a i would like to clarify something right now eric here's the thing you said specifically that your wife said that she appreciates your help around the house with the kids i think is what you said i want to know like are you just helping out with the kids like are you helping with the housework too Are you helping to pay the bills? Because, you know, sometimes just the having to do the actual bill payment, like the actual, hey, here's the money that's coming in. I have to pay these bills and make sure that they're all paid. Now, yes, I know that we have automatic bill pay, but a lot of us don't like automatic bill pay because, you know, the internet be glitching. So, like, we would just prefer to go in and pay it on a specific date ourselves so that it's not automatic. We just press a button, right? My point of saying this is, It sounds like to me, like Nicole said, it sounds to me like your wife is just frustrated. It doesn't sound to me like she's trying to tell you to get another job. That's not what it sounds like because you're in school. And it clearly, I would hope that you all had had a plan about this before. Or you get to the point where you're at your your I mean this has to be your last semester or your second to last semester if you finish it in the summer. So if if you're to this point, you've been through school enough that I mean you said that you've been married twelve years. I would hope that you're and for a few years she's made more money than you. So it doesn't sound like she's frustrated like Hey, I'm ready to kick you to the curb. It sounds like she's frustrated because that is her passive aggressive way of telling you that she needs you to take on some more rolls around the house. That's what that sounds like to me. It seems to me, and I'm not a therapist, but it seems to me that you all have a passive aggressive way of communicating because also at the beginning of this letter, you told us that you were kind of writing into us so that you would hope that your wife would hear it and then start the dialogue, which why not just talk to her about it? Like you don't have to talk through us. I mean, we appreciate you talking through us and all, but like, Why not just ask your wife, hey, hon, to Nicole's point. Hey, hon, why'd you do this? Why did you say this? What can I do to help? Are these kids getting older and maybe they don't need as much help and she wants you to take on some other kinds of duties? Like, is there something else that you could be helping her with? Is there something that's stressing her out? Is she... Have something at work that she's really focused on that you could help her with. Is she a politician? You didn't tell us what she did. Is there something that you can assist her with? Because it really just sounds like the frustration of a woman. And a, it sounds like a man who might be a little bit oblivious because you might not be paying as close attention to her 12 years into the marriage as you were like two years into the marriage. So maybe you just have a reconnection moment to figure out where she is, what's frustrating her, how she's feeling It might just not be about you. It might not be about you at all. It really just seems like your wife is just out here frustrated because to Nicole's point, bills are annoying. It's a lot of bills. People just get tired of paying the bills. It's not about the fact that you're not paying them. It's not a fact about that she doesn't want to pay them. It's the fact that it's just bills to be paid. And that's annoying. All right, Janine, uh, what did you learn new this week? Okay, so Business Insider actually had a very interesting article. And it talks about seven ways being married makes you more successful. I'm not sure I agree with all of these, but look, I'm going to go with business insider because they're the experts, not I. So number one, marrying your best friend makes you really, really happy and happier people tend to be more successful. Number two, married people get some monetary benefits. So married women can pay as much as $1 million less than their single counterparts over their lifetime. Number three, marriage results in a pay premium for men. So for all those men who are out here talking about some, oh, I'm not going to get married because I'm going to have to give her half. Well, you're going to get paid more money if you have a wife. Number four, married women tend to work less than single women. So for all of those women out here, single, slaving, your married counterparts, yeah, they may have to go home to a man, but guess what? They're not working as much. Number five, married people tend to have healthier hearts. Let's let us find out that being married is heart healthy. Number six, marriage could be good for your memory. So if you have the propensity to have dementia or friends in your family, like it does in mine, go ahead and get married. It might help your memory. And number seven, people who have conscientious spouses tend to be more successful at work. So again, These are seven reasons why being married makes you more or could make you more successful. What did you learn new this week, Nicole?
0: All right. So I learned that according to U.S. Trust's insight on wealth and worth, 86% of millionaires are married, including an impressive 65% who are in their first marriages and, or maybe I say, but the marriage rate is much lower for female billionaires at 62% of them being married compared to 88% of their male counterparts. Now, you know that the status of billionaire is like super rare. So, you know, our, our end is is low, But uh, but yeah, there are more women that are not married that are billionaires than those that are males. Not surprising, but there you go. All right, so are we ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. So an anonymous person said, money is not needed for a rich life. You only need to have a loving family and good friends by your side. But you still need money to support your loved ones and take those amazing trips with your friends. So grind hard, ladies and gents, and choose a partner who will grind with you and for you too. Until we meet again. Pray, work. Slay and show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, that's deep. Black women conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, that's deep. Black women conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production.